Holy Gospel. According to St. Mark, the 13th chapter, our Gospel this morning is indeed from Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37, and can be found on page 1578 in your Pew Bible. Mark records this, but in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. And even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. But tr truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and he puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task. And he tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Humans, you, me, we have a natural curiosity about things, don't we? We're curious. There is a a tagline for the tabloid, the National Enquirer. It says, inquiring minds want to know. Everyone remembers that, except for anyone who's 18. <laughs> so, for the most part, this is a good thing. Although 
there are uh, times when curiosity has gotten individual people into a whole lot of trouble. And today's Bible readings produce a natural amount of curiosity. It was the first, or it is the first Sunday in Advent of the new church year today. And the topic of the last day triggers that natural curiosity and it, and it causes us to ask these kind of questions. Who? What? When? Where? Why? And how? We want to know everything. But God knows that it is better for us if we don't know everything. Jesus firmly tells us that no one knows God's schedule for the last day. In fact, we hear this twice in today's gospel. We hear it in other scripture as well. Jesus even tells us that the angels do not know. And even the Son of Man, in his state of humiliation, does not know. Now I need to take a moment to uh, remind us of the definition of humiliation. Humiliation is the abasement of pride, humbled, reduced to submission. Jesus willingly humiliated himself when he condescended down to walk amongst us. It means that he did not truly know the day or the hour while he was here on earth. God's decision to hide these things combined with our natural curiosity of humanity and our sinful honoriness causes something very strange to happen. In spite of all of what God says, there are people who insist that they know God's schedule for the last day. And just for fun, you can research on uh, the internet uh, false prophets and you will know that there is an awful wide variety of false prophets that have selected thousands of dates for the end of the world. In fact, some of them came before Jesus was born. Many of them who make these predictions claim to be Christians in spite of the fact that Jesus specifically told us that no one can know the time. Do you guys remember the hoopla over the end of the year as predicted by the Mayan calendar? Do you remember that? The end of the world, some said, would occur on December the 21st, 2112. And then, when that didn't happen, it was to end on June 3rd, 2016. And then, well, um, 2020. Okay, no, not 2020. Somewhere near December 21st, 2021. I, you know, they don't know. And I don't either. And neither do you. And just so that you know, the descendants of the Mayans and others who study this type of thing were telling us that there is no meaning to the end of the Mayan calendar. It's been reported that the ancient Mayan numbering system just ran out of numbers. And even so, there will be some crazy people who will make radical lifestyle cho choices 
and changes, assuming that the world will never reach the end of a particular day or a particular year. And how sad it is to know that there are con artists out there who will use this sort of craziness to to make a buck. And over time, a great deal of money truly has changed hands because some were able to convince others that they knew when Christ was returning. And from time to time, some poor souls have even given away their earthly belongings, all of them, and they've waited for Jesus to return. And then when the day came and the, ga- the, the day went, these people had no homes, they had no jobs, they had no savings. It was all gone. And as incredible as these tragedies are, they are not the worst thing about these false prophets. For while people are obsessing over the time and the itinerary of the end times, they are forgetting the important teaching in today's gospel, and that is this. Jesus said, be on guard. Keep awake. Therefore, stay awake. And again he said, and what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. It sounds like we're supposed to stay awake. The important thing is to be ready. To be ready when the last day comes. The reason Jesus wants us to be ready is that there are only two, and only two eternal destinations on the last day. That's heaven, and that's hell. Heaven is far more blessing than we can ever imagine, and hell is a curse far worse than we can imagine. The important thing is, is to avoid hell and to enter into heaven. It is not important to know more than that about heaven and hell. It is not important when the last day comes. It is just important to know that it will come one day. And the only way to be ready for that day is to be ready for it every day. You see, when we are speculating about the nature of the last day, when it is, what it'll be like, our attention is drawn away from preparing for it. So what does it mean to be awake, to watch, to be ready? Well, you see, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could know the details and all the events on the last day. No, he, he died on the cross so that we could be prepared for the last day. Preparation for the last day means that we must be holy in God's eyes. For only those people who are holy will enter the kingdom of God. The Bible gives us two ways, just two ways, to be holy. One way depends on us. 
The other way depends on God. The way that depends on us, it's pretty simple. It just requires us to be perfect. There can be no mistakes, no slip-ups, no whoops, no sorry about that. We must be as perfect as God is. The slightest blemish, the spot, wrinkle, or blot on our record, and we fail. It is all over. The test is a pass-fail exam. Only 100% passes. Anything else is a fail. It's done. It's over. And the next stop is eternal torment. There are no appeals. There will be no do-overs. In all of time and space, there has been only one, only one human being who has ever pulled this off. Every other human being fails this test right at the moment of conception. As King David said in the Psalm 51, verse 5, he records, In sin did my mother conceive me. So, although God makes this way available, I mean, you can try. There's only one, only one human being who has been able to do it. It just isn't possible for the ordinary person. Now, the way that depends on God involves God the Father sending his only begotten Son into the world to take our place as a human being under the law. God's Son, Jesus, is perfect. With him, there are no mistakes. There's no slip-ups. There's no whoops. There's no sorry about that. There was no blemishes. No spot, no wrinkle, or blot. Jesus is the one, the only human being who passed the test with a perfect score of 100%. And as the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 22 and 23, he writes, He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who ju judges justly. So, God the Father sent his Son, Jesus, into the world, and Jesus became the perfect human being for us. And on top of that, Jesus submitted to his Father, and he took up all of our sins, all of our sins. He took up everything from the sins that we consider the absolute worst thing we could do to the sins that we don't even know about. As Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, the letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 5, verse 21, he says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus then took those sins. He took them to the cross where he suffered and he died for us. And Peter writes in 1 Peter 2.24, He himself bore our sins 
in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. This is the way that God makes us holy. This is the only way for us to be ready for the last day when it comes. Jesus Christ, God's Son, must give his holiness to us. And he offers that holiness to us from the cross. Jesus did not remain among the dead. No. He rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. And he has promised that he will return on the last day to raise all mankind from the dead just as he himself rose from the dead on the third day. And on that day, there will be no, there will actually be two reactions to his coming. Those reactions are this. All of those who attempted to produce their own holiness, their own spirituality, will find that God's presence is exceedingly painful. They will do anything to get away from God. In fact, the Bible describes this, this terror in this way, found in Revelation 6, verses 15 and through 17. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone slave and free, they hid themselves in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and away from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? They will see the coming of Jesus, and they will flee his presence in terror. They will prefer the eternal punishment, the punishment of hell, over the presence of the living God. Now, those who rest in the holiness of Jesus Christ, the holiness that he earned for us on the cross, well, these will see the Lord's coming with rejoicing. They will join together with the church and the rest in the love of God. As the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 25 and through 27, Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water and with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And again, the Bible says in Revelation 7, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things, they have passed away. So, when we do a careful Bible study, 
of all the signs of the end. We learn that they have all come to pass. That there is no prophecy waiting to be fulfilled except the actual coming of the last day. For all we know, the Lord could reveal himself before this service is over. And I wouldn't blame you if you said, oh, please, Lord Jesus, come now. On the other hand, he might be dead. The person who is here, or any of us, we might be dead and buried for centuries before Jesus returns. The Lord's encouragement to us would be the same. He would extol you, be on guard, keep awake. He'd say, therefore, stay awake. He would say, what I say to you and I say to all, stay awake. Be ready for the last day at any time. In conclusion, it's just not important to know the date of the last day. Jesus says that we can't know that time. It is not important to know anything about the details of our eternal existence. It is not important for any of that. The important thing is this, to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins that makes us constantly ready for the day when he will show himself and raise the dead. He urges us. He urges us to be awake and on guard so that we will receive him in joy. The joy that anticipates life forever with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.